Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast, hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going pretty good, Shay. I'm excited for this episode. The last week, first week of the season, I kind of had a crisis about the rank changes. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if I was good anymore, if I could play, but I think I got like six wins in the last few days in ranked, so I'm feeling back. Back on track. I, I think the community is generally uh, behind you and then agreement with some of that. And we'll talk about it a little bit today. Uh, outside of that, though, we're going to be breaking down Stormpoint, giving you guys our ranked guide to Stormpoint and uh, walking through some Apex news. So we got a good episode. It's going to be a ton of fun. And it's got a great slate of episodes this week, just generally with Mastering Newcastle coming on Saturday. Before we dive into it, though, we want to make sure you join us on Discord to ask questions for the podcast, chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. And also make sure to follow us on Twitter at Kirk Rudochet and at HB Burrison. Links in the description for both those. If you want to become an exclusive member of the third-party podcast Patreon, definitely check out the link in the description for that. You can get in for only $3 a month, and you get access to so much just with a small amount of money. Mm-hmm. The most important one being access to the third-party invitational. The next one is coming up on June 4th. We have just a handful of slots left. Definitely check it out. First come, first served. We're really excited to see you. Yeah, I hope to see everybody there. It's always a ton of fun. I'm looking forward to it. With that, though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news, Apex Legends Mobile. It's here. It's officially released. And the first thing and most important thing we got to talk about, the thing that nobody was really expecting as far as I know, is Apex Mobile dropped with a exclusive legend fade. Uh, so this legend is exclusive to Apex Mobile. And as of now, there are no plans to bring mobile exclusive legends to the PC or console versions of Apex, uh, which, you know, obviously that quote entails that there's going to be more mobile exclusive legends. This is not a one-time thing. Uh, Respawn did say it isn't impossible for them to come to the games, but Fade was developed for mobile only. So uh, definitely... It's not like we're getting this legend in season 14, uh, or by any means. Before I dive into kind of some of the abilities of Fade, just so we can kind of chat about it generally, what do you think of this idea of mobile-only legends, essentially? Honestly, really shocked. I mean, we've been building up on the podcast about Apex Legends and Mobile, and what we had heard and what was officially released was that there would be mobile-first legends. Mm-hmm. Very different. Uh, from exclusive. exclusive. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even though I think this is amazing hype, it definitely gets us excited. Fade is really cool. And once we start talking about his abilities, I think anybody's going to love him. Um, but what's strange is if you're a fan of a legend that isn't yet on mobile, why does a new legend get to come in before mm-hmm. Rampart or Loba? It's a little bit awkward, but. I think when nobody was expecting it. So maybe that's the win. They're doing crazy stuff, I guess, is the best way to put it. And the nice thing about that is they're impressing a lot of people. And that's going to come with good and bad. I think Apex Mobile is going to be very popular. And I think there's also going to be a lot of frustration from people. We're already seeing it. We are already seeing people. I've said it. I've been like, oh, I can 
move and loot in a death box on mobile, but I can't on PC, on controller, or con- console. Like, There's going to be some of that that comes with this. There's already people complaining that Fade's not going to be in the main game at this point. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle some of the backlash because this is a different developer you know it's in partnership with respawn and ea but um they are not kind of the people doing the day-to-day and the constant updates at this point so gonna be really interesting to monitor over there let's talk about fade though in general so he's got a couple abilities passive slipstream fade gains a short movement speed boost at the end of his slide and i'll just go through all these and then we can talk about it We've got the tactical flashback. Fade suit. Fade's suit rips him backwards through another dimension, phasing him into his previous location. And the ultimate, we got phase chamber. Fade throws an activator core from his suit. The resulting explosion phases everyone within the radius for a few seconds, making them unable to deal or receive damage and does mark them as well to him and his teammates. An interesting kit pulling straight from Titanfall with the phase rewind on that tactical. Something we'd kind of uh, asked for and maybe theorized could come for a while now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we love the phase rewind and we were talking off the show about just the the cool plays that you can do, especially in an urban environment like Capital City, which you can play on Apex Legends Mobile on World's Edge, just like (laughs) being able to Deal damage, then rewind behind a corner, up a floor, behind a wall. Really, really cool plays. The craziest part about Fade's kit, though, is that ultimate. Being able to phase enemies to completely Mm -hmm. remove them for the game for a short amount of time. Insane. The ramifications for that on the main game would be something to talk about for sure. I mean, I think that's a big reason why Fade won't be coming into the main game. Because it's really powerful. It's a really powerful ability. He's a, he's a strong kit. <laughs> really cool. Even the passive's awesome. I mean, just yeah. movement off slides like that is, uh, you know, really nice. And I can't imagine to see what something like that would look like in the main game where sliding is, you know, a lot easier uh, than on mobile. So it's going to be really just interesting to monitor this and check out Fade as he continues to be played and such. And we'll get our hands on him eventually, but he's not easily unlocked at the beginning unless you're going to spend some money. Uh, Outside of Fade, though, uh, some other mobile news we'll just go into quickly. Apex Mobile is going to have controller support eventually. It's going to come in the near future, but it currently does not support. Uh, And then we got to say that the intro trailer for Apex Mobile, when you launch this game up and you see it for the first time. Dude, I think it's one of the coolest Apex cinematics we've ever had. Which is crazy to say because it's mobile's first, you know? So it feels weird to say that, but holy heck, was it cool. It was really, really cool. And just the like interaction of Apex lore in a cinematic, I thought was just done really, really well with knockdowns yeah. and being able to interact with abilities and legends in a very authentic way in terms of gameplay in a cinematic was great to see. Yeah, I loved like the sports style commentary of people like, oh, we weren't expecting a uh, Wraith to, you know, be performing this well as of late. Can yeah. she keep it up in this next match? Like, it was a really cool perspective that I don't think we've really seen that on the full game, really. It's kind of something we've theorized about and imagined is how things would go, but we haven't, you know, seen it as direct until now. Um, and the important thing to know is that Apex Mobile is canon. Um, and so, you know, Fade is in the Apex Legends universe at this point. Uh, it's a little interesting kind of how it's balanced between maps and stuff. You kind of 
compared it to maybe like side quests in a theory. I what do you think is going to be the actual kind of like long term yeah. relation to the game in your opinion? I think for the most part, the legend interaction and new legends are absolutely canon. They're part of Apex lore. The maps, though, you're going to have to look at the main game for where are the legends competing next, new maps, interaction between maps. All of that happens most up-to-date in the main game. Yeah, I think that's very, very fair. Um, outside of that, though, one thing I wanted to point out, and there's going to be a ton of features we'll probably end up talking about. If you want mobile content, we'll do it. You know, just just ask for it, request for it, and we'll do it. Otherwise, it's not going to be our main thing. Uh, but you can unlock new legends through the battle pass, which I think is a really cool feature for people. You know, coming to the game new for the first time. Whether you're coming on to mobile, I would love to see something like this on. Uh, the PC and console as well on the main game. It's just uh, really nice to give everyone the legends at this point, in my opinion. Next piece of news, though. A little shout-out to a cinematic fan-made trailer by Enter Lobby Digital. We're going to link it in the description. It's so cool. I'm. It's Valk dropping in, flying in, shooting some missiles. Absolutely amazing animation. I don't know what else to say about it. What can is there anything else to say besides it's just so well done and amazing? I don't know how they do it. I really <laughs> don't. I don't know where you learn this skill. I don't know if you I don't know how if you present this skill, you don't just get given a job on the spot by anybody in the space. It's truly impressive. Yeah. Well, next piece of news, we got a little ranked update and this is a weird one, okay? So and we break down for us what we kind of learned over the last week about KP and how it doesn't exactly operate as maybe we were led to believe in the patch notes, which is just still so weird to me that this absolutely massive change to the scoring system was not addressed in the full ranked reloaded patch notes. So it's interesting. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, our last episode was a whole breakdown of the changes, but this is probably the most critical component of the ranked changes that was omitted from the patch notes and kind of was sneakily mentioned in-game. But we were able to talk with the designer behind the ranked BR, and we got some answers for you. So Mm -hmm. essentially, last week, patch notes come out, we're told that there's no more kill cap. Uh, last season, the kill cap was increased to seven kill points, um, but now no more cap. We assumed that that was going to allow people to get a lot more KP, especially with assists being more accessible and having the participation or the team KP. Well, the truth is that all kill points are valued based off of placement. So if you win a game, you can have a maximum base value your kill or assist of 25 points that goes all the way down to one though depending on where you place Mm -hmm. on top of that there is a multiplier that you can only hear about directly from the developer or here on the podcast (laughs) on the number of kills you have so the first three highest value kills meaning that they are um, tiers above or they're full kills Whatever they may be, the timing doesn't matter. It's the base value. Mm-hmm. First three, going to be 100% weight. The next three are going to be 80%. Anything after those six, 
are only going to be counted as 20% of the base value. Now, what does that mean? A little bit of an example by the numbers that I found extremely interesting. Comparing last season, season 12 ranked, to this season, season 13, if you got seven kills and a win, you would get exactly the same RP. You'd get 238 points in both seasons. Mm-hmm. This is assuming that there's you know, no tier difference in the kills um, and that you are in silver. But right here, that similarity is truly shocking to us because we assumed that, yes, placement was key, but you were going to be able to get more KP this season, like way more than any other season. If you were to get more than seven kills or kill points, every extra one would be five points if you got a win in silver. So mm-hmm. that difference honestly is not a whole lot, especially when you consider that participation points are worth half of the base value. Yeah. So if you're doing a win at 25 base, they're the same tier as you, you got half of that, that's 12 and a half, then 20% of that. You're looking at two points off of that participation, which really is not enough to make it to give you the incentive to push for kills in ranked this season. Which is absolutely wild because I think your and I's assumption was, hey, there's going to be such a higher number to achieve in terms of hitting the ranks with how they change the system, how they change the entry cost. But that's going to be offset by the fact that there's you know, no kill cap. You're going to be able to really rack that up if you want to play aggressive yeah. and stuff. And that's just not really what's happening, which is, I'd say, unexpected uh, as of now. Yeah. <laughs> and so now with a lot more of the picture, even though we're still early on and it's hard to really gauge how difficult a season is going to be in the first two weeks because you have all the resets. Mm-hmm. So you have really high skill people in low lobbies. Um, but now that we have a more complete picture, we have to ask the question, is this season harder to grind ranked in? Mm-hmm. Honestly, yes, because we're having demotion, we're having larger ranks, you're earning less points, you have to get placement in order to score really anything, and you are paying more to get into each and every division. Mm-hmm. So yes, this is the hardest ranked season yet. And Apex Legends ranked is unique from other shooters in that it is not always a skill-based metric. It is in part, and I would say pretty large part, time spent as well. Uh, You can be a very talented player at this game, but if you don't have the time to put into it, you won't achieve some of the ranks that maybe you could achieve otherwise. Um, And that's, that's, I think, is reinforced more in this season than maybe any other one uh, that we've ever seen, which... I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, if I'm being completely honest with you. It's, it's just different and interesting, I think. Leading up to this season, we had discussed that an ideal ranked system gets those top performing players to the top as soon as possible in order yeah. to make the matchmaking fair. This new system forces you to really play as a team and to get that placement over anything. It doesn't really reward that individual skill level of fragging out and getting a ton of kills, like we kind of assumed. So yeah. that's a big difference this season compared to any other season. It's going to be really interesting to monitor. <laughs> One of the things that we've seen a couple professional players say is that you know now, this season, you're going to be in the rank that you deserve 
you know, and they're, you know, talking down to players that they don't feel deserve to be in their rank. I found that to be an interesting comment because it's implying that players that hit a certain rank didn't deserve it in mm-hmm. previous seasons. I don't personally think that's true. Do you? I don't really. I mean, all you can do is play the system and that's in front of you. I, I don't want to take away from people's achievements just because there was a, there's a new system now. Like, I mean, there's a new system now and people are already complaining about it, saying that it's not a good system. So it's like, nothing's ever going to be perfect. Play the best you can during the time you can and those rewards will be worth something. You know, obviously things change if there becomes a, Another tier after Masters and before Apex Predator or something that changes how the optics of a certain season and such look. But no, be proud of what you've done in the past for sure. I'm really, really curious to see at the end of this entire season what the distribution looks like. Because when I'm asked like, oh, did you deserve Masters or Diamond or Plat or Gold, you know, whatever season it was. I have to say yes, because I look at the numbers and I say, I mean, not very many people get to whatever rank you are. Like totally. population-wise, no matter what you think about how someone got there, there's, only, there's less than a percent of the player base that gets to be a master. So yeah. regardless of the system in place, it's still very difficult and something to be proud of. And I say the same thing for diamond and platinum as well. Like Without a doubt, I think that that is a elite level of player. Uh, in any regard. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. You're, we're talking uh, very small percentile points in, in general. And so, yeah, and overall, be happy, be proud. And don't be disappointed as well, though, this season if you don't finish where you normally do. It's a lot harder. Uh, you know, Henry and I are looking at it like, whew, Masters is going to be tough uh, this time around for sure. And with that, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's keep this rolling. Let's get into, you know, ranked overall strategy wise and dive into Stormpoint really for the most part and give our breakdown for how to best climb the ladder and succeed on Stormpoint as of now. Because I think it's it's a different game than what we've kind of said in the past, which is quite interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to take a look back at our other guides for other maps and different ranked seasons, the typical playbook is scan the survey beacon, push for the early KP if you have armor, and then rotate to the end power position as quickly as possible. Stormpoint, with ranked reloaded, things are a bit different. So to kind of go directly into it, Stormpoint. The map is on a drastic vertical incline. To the north, there is high ground. To the south, there is sea level. That is unlike any other map. This informs a few things about how you're going to play. Rotations, but also end circles and where the most power position is on mm-hmm. the map. There's also no jump towers on this map. And that I'm not a huge fan of, to be honest. I, um, I'm not either. It, 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 it did not hit me the very first season, I think, that we played on here. And now it's I'm getting used to it. And it's a different way to move around the map to say the least it really is because you consider what came in its place the gravity cannons Mm -hmm. in ranked they are very risky sure they're all two-way you can take them back if you get into a bad situation but gravity cannons are two bad things 
Number one, loud. Number two, predictable. Mm-hmm. So it's a really bad thing to do in ranked if you're making a lot of sound and people know exactly where you are and where you're going to be. Also, for Storm Point, the absence of large buildings or structures that are easily defendable outside perhaps the barometer tower mean that you just have less power positions. It's less rewarding to rotate early and secure a position with a defensive legend. It's a lot of open terrain, Mm -hmm. across water, hillsides, beaches. The map is fairly open and difficult to secure. It's very difficult to harden a position on Storm Point. Yeah. And it's because of that in part that maybe unlike any other map before, and if you have a different opinion, that's all good, but I, I do feel kind of forced into legend selection on this map yeah. more than anything else. I really do feel like I need a Valk. I need a jump tower in some way, shape, or form that she provides because I don't like rotating with the gravity cannons and the tridents are you know hit or miss on the rotate, especially if you're not using a Gibby. And so it's like, Valk's kind of the only way to move around what is such a large map as well. If you just kind of try and walk it everywhere, you're going to find yourself in trouble at times. Yeah, and when you're tough. trying and to like, play the position. Yeah, and like you said, though, with no buildings, can't really play your Watsons, can't really play your Caustics as effectively as you could on the other maps, at least. Yeah, and really, what Ranked always has been, but more so than ever this season, it's all about consistency you have to be getting into that top five if you want to gain points at a decent enough pace to grind ahead of the split you know everybody's against the same clock in terms of getting the rank that they want yeah all of these things combined um, about storm point make it a very different competitive environment and our experience playing it in the last season season before that and now again in ranked now is to pull out an entirely different playbook than we ever have before for ranked. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially broad strokes. Number one, play hard edge. You are not getting into the center of the ring. You're not getting into buildings. You're playing as edge as you can. Do not rotate early. The beacon is now optional. We've been saying for over two years, scan the beacon no matter what. That is not necessarily true on this rank split, I think you want to avoid the center ring just because you don't want to take fights and they're very hard to take on Storm Point. Yeah. Instead, stay on the high side of the ring when possible. Don't, you know, force it if it's just not going to work, but you should definitely consider that in your drop location. Keep teams back with long range weapons. I think this is a huge one that's contributed to my success in playing ranked. And then, Don't be afraid to utilize the PvE to level up not only your armor, but then also to get loot. Spectres, flyers, spiders, prowlers, they're on the map for a reason, and they can really significantly help you. Yes, they are loud, but if you stay together with your team and clear the AI quickly, the payoff is very much worth it. And Mm -hmm. But definitely, don't force it. Like Only engage AI when you're feeling confident in your surroundings. But it is worth it. Don't completely ignore them or you'll miss out. Then keep an eagle eye on the dropship. This is something that we normally mention, but now more than ever, you Mm -hmm. want to avoid teams early on and plan safe drops and rotations. Top 10 is everything if you intend on gaining RP consistently. 
Yeah, and we broke down why top 10 is everything in our you know, ranked reloaded episode. So feel free to listen back if you kind of need the numbers behind why you need to get top 10. But it's because of that top 10 feature that Apex has absolutely changed this rank split. The end games are intense. We are getting the most ALGS style end games across all levels of Apex in terms of, at least in my opinion, what I'm seeing more than ever before, which I think is really fun, by the way. I'm not in the, that's a bad thing camp. It's a ton of fun, entertaining to watch. But because top 10 is everything, it's why we're happy leaning into edge and not being, you know, forcing ourselves to take a fight for positioning early on. Playing edge, playing safe, and more than anything with the storm changes that happened in the last couple of seasons, I'm pretty cool. Rotating through zone, in round one, round two, hitting the replicator in the zone. I mean, I see some of the best players in the world right now just chilling in round three in the ring, replicating. Yeah. Grabbing a med kit, grabbing a bat, just chilling because that's a safe place where nobody's going to look to engage with you out there. And anything you can do to help yourself get in the top 10 is absolutely massive in this split. The place matters just everything, man. Like, mm-hmm. Top seven compared to top five, talking like in most ranks about a 30 point difference. That is significant. You know, that's your buy in to a game and you want to secure that no matter what. And so avoiding fights, playing hard edge in the ring if you need Mm -hmm. to is the move. I think it is the definitive strategy given the economics of the ranked and the nature of Stormpoint. I mean, essentially, it's absolutely wild. I love it. Apex defined a top. If you are not in the top 10, you lost, regardless of how many kills you got. And you could walk into, you could be the 11th team, you know, you die 11th and you could have eight kills. You're still yeah. going to go negative. Like, that's absolutely wild and, to me. <laughs> and that's really what had me down bad, like mm-hmm. end of last week, because I kind of looked at my overall numbers and i said man i get into the top five about 25 percent of the time that's very very normal you know mm-hmm. five out of 20 25 boom you can kind of rely on that that made me really nervous that if you know the majority of my games i might not get into the top 10 you can't sustain that loss with how much rp you're gaining based yep. off the kills it's not a matter of oh you just need to frag out and you're going to be fine if you are not getting in the top 10 more in the majority of your games, you will lose mm-hmm. points overall. That really hurt me emotionally. But <laughs> after I applied these strategies, changed up the loadout, changed up the legends that we'll talk about, really helped me get back on track. Yeah, it's just something different. And we all got to get used to that. Your entry fee is higher than ever. And so you cannot afford to die early. Uh, it's just not forgiving the split. And I think it's great. I really do. I enjoy this top 10 life, essentially. I think it makes people play in a really cool survival style way, which is what, in my mind, a BR is kind of all about surviving. But I totally respect if people got different opinions out there because I know people do. Um, and that's totally understandable. But let's start dive into Stormpoint a little bit more and talk about our favorite drop locations at least early on and we always say sometimes this stuff changes and you'll get those updates throughout the season as henry and i continue to play and such but as of now i'll say we have a couple early favorites but i'm also more flexible than ever before (laughs) totally absolutely i think a couple of the favorites are 
there is a spider den cave north of Sinope mm-hmm. that always spawns armor. You're going out of there with two blues and a purple, guaranteed. Can be better. Can definitely be mm-hmm. better. That's incredibly powerful. Dropping there with the armor and then rotating to the IMC armory in between Sano and the mill, really solid early game rotation. Mm-hmm. Downside of that is you are on the low ground of the map. Yeah. So if you don't get a, a favorable shrink, you're in big trouble. Better options that I think are a little more consistent, but more of a gamble on the loot side is Thunderwatch, which also has an armory nearby, also has a survey beacon spawn, also mm-hmm. has a replicator spawn. That was in our, I think, our initial Stormpoint guide. Really great POI, under, mm-hmm. underpopulated as well. The wall going directly inside, not playing the buildings outside, is something that I love to do. And now also has a great rotation out of it. And then that northern armory as well, near the wall, in between the down beast and the wall. Really, really strong. But honestly, like you said, Shay, now more than ever, the main thing is be uncontested, Mm -hmm. on edge, with a replicator. You want to get the R301 if Mm -hmm. you have any sense to yourself. Especially when the light mag's in the crafter. (laughs) And it's just very, very important to be uncontested. So look Mm -hmm. wherever you can find a replicator that you're not going to have to take a fight. Level up your armor, get the R3. That's a recipe for success. Yeah. And I will say, on this map more than any other, I'm very comfortable crafting the R3, even over armor, which we've always said is priority number one, Mm -hmm. is to get your armor. But on this map, with all the PvE elements, you can get blue, no problem. And because of that, I'm cool walking into every fight with an R301 that I replicated off the bat, but it is all about being uncontested this split. And yeah, you're going to have to learn how to play some POIs, essentially, generally. We've always kind of been a proponent of land in one spot, master it, and defend it. You know, don't hesitate to drop if you see another team there or two teams there. If you know it best, you know, RNG will get you once in a while, but overall, you'll be the most skilled fighters there. Not worth it. Here, because three to the six KP doesn't matter early game. Which, going down 40 yep, in it, silver and gold. It, it just doesn't, doesn't make any matter. Sense. And so you got to be uncontested. So you got to be active in the dropship. And something we don't talk about with Valk, who's a legend that we're going to come up in the recommended play, is enough is at least her passive of being able to easily identify where everyone's going. Yeah, if you get used to it and play a ton, you can see where everyone's going. But she just really is a nice crutch yeah. in terms of being able to identify those uh, people off the dropship and identifying where those uncontested spots are on the edge. And, you know, for the longtime listeners of the show, we've been going for over two years uninterrupted. We have been very reliable in our recommendations and guides mm-hmm. on legends and ranked. Like, we don't really deviate from the playbook very much. We really try to focus on mastering what you know. Yeah. We this always, is a whole different season. I think yeah. you really need to, like, it's hard for us to switch our own playbook. I know. If we're recommending other people, you really need to think about it pretty, pretty seriously because this is hard for us, but we are making this work, and I mm-hmm. do stand by it. Even though it is a drastic, drastic shift, the game has drastically shifted, so yeah. you have to adapt. I mean, we, uh, we absolutely love uh, doing these ranked guides and uh, you know the map breakdowns, but it does feel a little copy and paste at times. 
Not this not season. anymore. Not anymore. No, this is a valuable episode. It really is. Share it with your friends because it's a whole different ball game this season. Let's talk team comps. For sure. To kind of reinforce the idea of playing hard edge, there is a certain group of legends that are going to be really key. Bangalore is incredible on this map. Uh, we learned very early on that her just ability to be really slippery with the smoke and her passive was really good at getting through the forests and getting through water and beaches. Really strong legend that helps the whole team do so. Gibraltar's bubble is still incredibly powerful for playing edge on top of that with his bombardment. Newcastle, you know, the new kid on the block. We'll talk more about on Saturday in detail, mm -hmm. but with a shield, yeah, he has the ability to play edge. So there it is. Mm -hmm. Wraith is one that we don't really talk a whole lot about in our ranked guides, uh, mostly because of me. <laughs> uh, I just have a thing against Wraith. I think she's selfish and not good. This um, is a big deal, she's guys. She's very difficult. She's very difficult to play effectively. 100%. Um, yeah. Way, like, honestly, when Ash came out, we were wrestling back and forth which one was more difficult. Ash, you're going in blind, but Wraith, it takes finesse. You're going to be using it's, all your abilities in order to place that ultimate. It's it makes two it difficult. very different like types of difficulty. One's yeah. like pure technical difficulty and just mastering and using them, and one is just the absolute highest level of game sense that you need to yeah. maximize things. So yeah, they're both incredibly hard and. You know, it's those really hard legends tend to be really popular amongst people for some reason. And yeah, yeah. but I like but, that she's in here finally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's here because when you're playing edge and you might be in the zone, you might mm -hmm. be, you know, just playing at the very corner of the zone where nobody can find you. It's important to have a legend that can probe and say, okay, can we go to that small rock? Can we go into that other building that's going to be in the next ring? Mm -hmm. Wraith allows you to have the security to make a mistake. You know, you can come back. You could fence up one side, you know, mm -hmm. that just ability in and of itself, even though I still believe it's difficult, it's more valuable than ever, especially on this map. Yeah. This map playing edge is a very strong combo. Other legends that are going to do really well on Stormpoint because of their vertical mobility, you mm -hmm. know, nothing to kind of surprise anybody, but Horizon, <laughs> very strong. Vertical tactical for the entire team. Great map for it. And the ultimate, surprisingly, is very powerful in this game. I don't really know why. We don't really focus on playing Horizon. Yeah. But, man, people don't know how to counter that ultimate. And with grenades, it's incredibly overwhelming. Just like fuses as well. Just shoot it, please. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> even take a full clip if you have a purple mag. It's very and easy to focus two people fire. shoot it, yeah. it's like, it's over. So do that, please. But punish the other players that don't really understand yeah totally others of course octane and the pad pathfinder and the grapple and the zipline ash with her ultimate if you have the intel it's the fastest way to move the team in a vertical manner and then valk you know even if you're playing edge being able to swing across a mountain to play on the other side of the edge really valuable to have mm -hmm. a valk and on top of that her ability to play edge with the missiles to kind of keep teams back with that long range and have her ability to fly to high ground makes her honestly a must pick on Stormpoint. Yeah. She's ultimate mobility. She offers a jump tower when there's no jump towers. And that's just really incredible flexibility to have. And that's what this is about. And that's what playing Edge is about. 
Edge is about playing reactive and being flexible. And so our comp and these legends all play into that, being able to adjust to difficult circumstances. You're not seeing defensive legends because those guys are really good at one thing, one thing that's not as effective on this map. All these legends can do multiple things. They can be aggressive, have abilities in fights, move teams, be reactive, be defensive at times as well. Like There's a strong combo in here. Do we want to share any team comps? We've been playing any team comps we want to try as well, generally. Because yeah. we are still early. So it's I don't like want to say, hey, this is our comp that's set in stone, just so everybody knows. We are experimenting with a few things right now, but we've had a couple early you know, success stories, I guess. Yeah. Together, we've been able to really have success with a vertical aggressive edge team, uh, which would be utilizing Newcastle, because we've been training a lot with him, uh, but also having Ash and Falk. Um, very, very difficult, extremely technical team comp. I, mm-hmm. I think that three, including Newcastle, is very difficult to master and gives a, you know, exposes you to a lot of risk. But man, they can get the job done and deal a lot of damage and move very, very quickly. Um, other options that I've had is really just stand pretty traditional with a Gibraltar as the mm-hmm. base of the team and then having that Bangalore to stay on the edge and play extremely slippery. And then you kind of have some flex for the third. I think mm-hmm. Bloodhound is still viable and ranked very great intel. You could play Crypto, you could play Rampart, Loba, like legends that we don't necessarily recommend as having a inherent strength on Stormpoint can still really round out your yeah. team incredibly well. The only other comp I'll mention is the one we hit a nice little three-peat with yesterday that we're still experimenting with, and that is the Gibraltar plus Newcastle plus Valk combo. Mm-hmm. Um, early on, early experimentation right now, small sample size, but has been quite effective early on. Playing Newcastle and Gibraltar together is maybe not the most intuitive thing. We'll talk more about it on Saturday, though, because I think there's there's some reasons to do it, essentially, and they can fulfill different roles even though they're in that same class right now totally let's talk about kind of the rotations and storm point and generally speaking you're not gonna it's not gonna be as important because there's no like big outline plays with hey take this jump tower to here and this jump tower to here we're not trying to get ahead of the zone generally but i think what's important to note is there's still kind of a bit of a no-go zone in this map and you know we talk about like Every map nowadays kind of has these areas that you really want to avoid not just dropping, but rotating through because it's just a hot area. Lots of foot traffic. Teams tend to come through here, and so there tends to be a lot of third parties, and it's hard to take fights that maybe even feel isolated at first. Uh, you know, Olympus, you got the Hammond Labs area. Um, you know, Kings, you can say you got everywhere, but I think more so generally speaking, uh, you're, you're looking at like, you know, you're looking at the areas outside of... Uh, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name of Sal- Salvage. Like outside of Salvage, uh, kind of on that side of the map, there's still a lot of contesting there. Uh, and so you just kind of have these areas you need to not go to on each map. And Stormpoint, I think you got a little bit of a, we, we tried, we called it the rhombus of death on Olympus. I don't think we have a shape designated yet for this map, but Cascade Falls, Command Center, Antenna, and Barometer kind of being your four corner POIs and then connect them and shade it in, you kind of want to avoid those areas. 
And that's just going to be because, like I said, heavy foot traffic, lots of fighting. Yeah. And that's just not something you want to risk early on with how we're playing games nowadays. Absolutely. I also think that in the center of that shaded no-go zone is what we call the dino den, which is the gated by high fences around all the prowler nests. This is a very bad place to go. We don't even step foot in there. Like it, it's, gold over it. <laughs> you really have to, or really just hike around it. It's very, very dangerous because not only is it the intersection of so many high target POIs, but you are very trapped there. And the prowlers as kind of that oddball wild card, really, really risky in a ranked environment. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Let's talk about some loadouts, though. Uh, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, medium to long range, showing some, showing some signs of success. And when we say that, that kind of tends to lead into snipers and marksman rifles, generally speaking. How have you been effectively utilizing your loadouts on uh, Stormpoint so far? The truth is, I really stand by crafting the R301 when it makes sense, meaning that you have the magazine accessible. Um, that secondary weapon, I am really nailing down on using snipers and marksmans. I'm pretty much open to anything right now, Shay. Charge rifle, longbow are probably my favorites, but the sentinel is no joke as well. The bow, the bow and arrow bow, incredibly good. The triple like take, incredibly good. <laughs> and the 3030, even though it's not my favorite, that's more of a personal thing with the G7 being gone, they're all really good. I can recommend every single sniper and marksman in the game um, because they just deal so much damage. And on a map like this, where you can have the vertical advantage and you want to keep people at a distance, I don't know why you wouldn't. Mm -hmm. It's that vertical advantage, though. It's the fact that on this map, you want to get top 10. So when you're at 12 and people look at you and start to walk towards you and you can say, hey, take that 58. Hey, take that 65. If you want to approach us, you're going to take some damage. Go, go fight somebody else, essentially. Yeah. And you can push back fights because of it. And that's very key to increasing your placements overall. Um, I'm still in the mind of, like, don't run more than two snipers on your team. Like, have at least one person who kind of has the two fully auto or, like, a shotgun or something for when you get into sure. those late games. I think two is a really nice number in terms of being able to put out damage, keep people intimidated. Uh, but not overwhelm. But yeah, I'm with you. R31, awesome. How have you been feeling about having the flatline back, though, in general, on the ground? Flatline's really strong as well. I think mm -hmm. if you, again, have the magazine, you should really run the flatline. Spitfire, also very, very good. Yeah. But the flatline in that medium to close range, there is not a better AR in the game. I really think that it's just so consistent that... It's a great weapon, especially when you have that kind of marksman flatline combo. It's very, very strong. And I'll, I'll throw in with the flatline because I think I'm, I'm at an interesting place with the weapon. You know I'm not like the most confident user in it. I don't like using it at any sort of medium range. The recoil it just doesn't work well for me. And I think that's something that people share. And generally speaking, that flatline is just a harder gun to use. Don't sleep on the single fire. I use it in single fire a lot right now with a two times so then I can switch it to full auto and still have that versatility up close. It's really nice for conserving ammo and it packs a punch and you can fire it pretty damn quickly still uh, even in single fire and so you can really 
get a lot of damage output there. It's not maybe the best uh, Henry by the numbers breakdown in terms of TTK and stuff, but it increases the number of shots you just generally hit when you're trying to suppress people at that medium to long range if you don't feel great about using the gun on its own right now. Totally. I mean, I'm a huge fan of single fire because you do increase your accuracy. You're going to be missing less shots. And I can tell you that G7 on Apex Legends Mobile, that's great for me. I love that. You hit so many shots and it's just going to increase your time to kill because you're not going to have to reload. You know, they you're not going to miss G7 your shots. G7 on the ground in mobile and Henry took the opportunity to say, you know what? This gun's really good. They should yep. really bring it back to the main game. I'm a fan. It is approved. It's approved. Oh, man. Well, what, anything we missed on Stormpoint? General tips, overall thoughts on how we climb and just strategy in general? I, I know we've thrown a lot at people that are listening because it's quite different from what we've said in the past about certain maps. Yeah. I mean, all of this is kind of aimed at players that are in the silver, gold, platinum area. Things change drastically at the upper like echelons of ranked. When we hit Masters, it was an entirely different game. Not only did the team comps change, but the types of engagements completely changed. You And it like, shocked us a lot. Um, one of the things being, Watson was no longer a huge deterrent in those upper ranks. The Watson was just getting pushed instantly and countered by Gibraltar's bubble which was news to us at the time. So even though this episode is pretty generalized, and I think great tips, keep in mind that this is aimed at getting you to that diamond level. And once it gets the diamond, depending on what time in the split you're at, the entire game can completely change. Yeah, yeah. It does become a different game at times, and that's... Uh... Something to adjust to. And if you guys, you know, want a guide for just the higher levels, we could walk through how to play that. It's just a it's a different game, like Henry said. Let's wrap up the show though by answering a few five-star questions. If you want your question answered on the show, please leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcast to guarantee it makes it on here. Uh, our first question today is coming from very good. Hey guys, I have a few questions. One, Henry, is Newcastle going to be your new main? Because he's a lot like Gibby. Two, do you guys have any other games you play besides Apex? Because I know I get burned out of the game, and if I don't have a variety of games to play, I get bored. Love the pod. Keep up the hustle. Awesome. Great question. Um, Kick it off. I don't think Newcastle is going to be my new main. I think Gibraltar is still a very, very powerful legend. Mm -hmm. Um, Does it kind of diversify my options? Yes. I like the play style that Newcastle offers, um, but I do not think that Newcastle will replace outright my love for Gibby. Um, and Gibby's so good that if we uh, yeah. even if we run both of them together, that means guess who's on it? Flex Shea. So that's right. Gonna catch Newcastle as Shea's temporary main for a little bit. <laughs> that's just how it rolls. Um, but kind of variety of games. Um, surprisingly, I've been playing a lot of no build Fortnite. Um, it's Great so emphasis on the no build. <laughs> um, yeah, you have to. I mean, I can't play Fortnite. I really can't. Never <laughs> it's, have. But it's you no take build away the building, today. and yeah. those guns are so easy. And the game is really fun based off the level of content. So I've been enjoying that um, as kind of a solo play. But also, you know, I play some other PC games. They are billions. Is creeping back into my Ooh. my playlist. 
I'm really enjoying that. But tell I, them what you want to play. Historically, yeah, I'd love to play Anno 1800, but for mm-hmm. some reason, my computer hasn't worked for that game for over nine months. <laughs> I've tried to get technical support. <laughs> and Henry's got but a nice computer. A the nice specs are fine. I yeah. have some sort of uh, like. There's some sort of conflict because I used to be able to play it, but now I can't. But yeah. that's just a lot of drama. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I- I'm a TFT guy right now outside of Apex. That's my main game. I'm climbing the ranks in TFT. Uh, might be ranked higher in TFT than Apex this coming split. That may or may not have nothing to do with how the rank systems work and the amount of time it requires to put into them. Uh, but that's my main secondary game. Uh, outside of that, though, I'll play the sports games as usual. 2K is always fun with some guys. Um, I've been playing a bit of Fall Guys as well recently with a group of people, which has been kind of fun. And I know the game is going free to play, so maybe it'll get a little boost in popularity temporarily. But Apex and TFT are kind of what I generally play. Uh, if Henry ever gets Anno to download and run again, I'll probably end up playing it with him. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> and last question for today coming from Voom. What do you think about the new gun meta and which loadout would you say is best? Love the pod. Yeah, I mean, we kind of just spoke about uh, you know, the meta in general and guns just overall speaking, but what's your go-to loadout right now? It's definitely correct in Voom to assume that the meta did shift definitely. drastically. I mm-hmm. mean, the changes to the LMGs can definitely be felt. Um, LMGs, I would say, are still pretty dang strong in apex so that's not completely erased but we're in a heavy weapon meta wingman car flatline prowler rampage spitfire very very good weapons it's hard to ignore the heavy guns this season yeah i'm i'm something ranged plus a car and leaning into that i'll go double heavy no problem i'll like we kind of talked about run a sniper if we want to uh but yeah car is still kind of in my go-tos uh at least that's gonna wrap up this episode thank you to our producer the third party 10 who supports us over on patreon subscribe and apple pods drop a follow on spotify and check out the discord via the link in the description thanks so much for listening to the third party podcast we'll catch you next time peace hey now another squad coming in boom whole squad down hey brother not today Maybe tomorrow.